like to welcome to Scripps Talks an alum from the School of Journalism's master's program, Kaitor K, who's a reporter at WANE. He's been there now for about four years, uh, graduated in 2015. Welcome to the podcast, Kaitor. Thank you, sir, Mr. Stewart. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Your uh, work came to my attention from my colleague, Professor Jatin Srivastava, who was uh, retweeting some of your work. It's always fun to find people's work that way, you know, when it's shared through these social platforms. And I, I was really interested to hear you talk a little bit about what it's like five years out of school. You really have hit your stride, and then the pandemic hits. And, you, you know, like everybody else in the world, you've had to make a lot of adaptations, but you have a lot of experience under your belt in order to build on. So what are some of the new realities for you as a television reporter and anchor? The world has definitely changed, including for us in journalism. One of the first obvious changes is that for the viewers that watch us on Wayne 15, I report from home. You know, I used to either be live in the field or I would be in studio presenting, but now I set up a camera in my apartment living room and record my intros and tags on air from there. I also bring a laptop home, all my equipment. I do all my editing at home. I don't meet people in person as much. I interview them via recorded Zoom interview or phone interview. A lot of my B-roll isn't as fresh as it was. You know, I use a lot of archive footage from past Wayne 15 stories, or I'll take video that CNN or CBS kind of packs together as a B-roll. Everything is very remote. How is that affecting the quality of the work that you're doing? I mean, obviously it's affecting the work, but do you think it's having any particularly negative effect on your ability to tell stories? Our stories aren't as slick as they once were, but interestingly enough, I think for the viewer, they're very understanding because they too are having to stay at home. I mean, Indiana has been under stay-at-home orders by the governor for the past month and a half. So I think for them, it kind of shows them that we're in the same situation as them and we're trying to figure things out as we go along as well. But yes, the product is a little less slick, but at the same time, it's not taking as much of a damage as it would have, let's say, years ago before digital technology was so strong. A lot of our stories can look pretty similar except for the part that we have to be at home for the actual presentation. But I have full editing software on my laptop, access to all kinds of video for us presenting and then the interview being on the, like a, a Zoom interview. But other than that, I would say we're at 75%, 80% quality versus where we were at 100 before, which isn't so, so bad. It's not so bad at all. And I think one of the most interesting aspects of this phenomenon is that journalists are facing the same challenges as are the people they're reporting on. And that's quite unlike a lot of situations where reporters are kind of coming in and reporting on a situation that they haven't particularly been uh, subject to themselves. But here, everybody's affected by the pandemic, which I think makes the whole thing more relatable. 
Absolutely. I mean, and the thing that's interesting about our field, too, is I would never compare journalists to the healthcare workers on the front lines, the first responders who are saving lives. But our profession right now is super, super essential. I mean, local communities are watching local news at an all-time high. Well, all news, but even at the local level, at an all-time high because we are the ones feeding them this information they desperately need. Like, Wayne.com, our traffic has gone up 400%. Like, four times more web traffic on our website because people are constantly on our website trying to constantly keep up to date. And our TV numbers... You know, people were saying local TV news numbers have been dropping. They've actually gone up 33% at our station. So just showing that people want information. They want news now more than ever. Well, it's one of the great ironies of the situation now with all the economic downturn. Advertisers maybe not able to afford as much advertising, but the audiences are bigger than ever. For my news director, he's celebrating because more eyes are on our television more than ever. Our digital director, he's celebrating. But the sales director is sad because with all these record numbers, the numbers have kind of crashed because local businesses, they can't advertise as much because they're closed. Or even if they were advertising, people can't come to them. Now, in your uh, LinkedIn profile, it mentioned that you also do some anchoring. And I'm wondering if that's continuing during this time period? And if so, how are you able to do anchoring from home? I have noticed some stations, anchors and meteorologists are doing that from home, but we still go into the station. It's a little safer to be there because most of the staff has to stay home. So we usually don't have more than five people in the newsroom at a time. But when we're in the studio presenting, me, my meteorologist and my sports anchor used to all sit within three feet of each other, but now we stay separated in the studio. We only pick camera shots that allow us to keep our distance. That's kind of how it's changed on the, on the anchoring end. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your background and what brought you into journalism. Tell us the Kaitor K story, because you've obviously been interested in being a journalist for a long time, and now you are a journalist. It looks to me that you know, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, you're doing exactly what you want to be doing. Yes, no complaints. I mean, even in this pandemic, you just kind of are humbled by the understanding of how important your job really is. Like, I've never felt so important as an individual to society as now when people need you. And so that's really rewarding of a feeling. So I was studying psychology at Ohio State, and my original plan was to become a clinical psychologist, get my PhD in clinical psychology, because I had a fascination with understanding people, how they tick and helping them. But as I got to my senior year, I realized I didn't want to work in an office all the time. So I wondered what other field could I go to where I can still quench my curiosity about people but have more fun and have more of a dynamic profession. And I realized broadcast journalism, multimedia journalism would be the path. My senior year at Ohio State, along with wrapping up my degree, I took some extracurriculars for the student TV station and newspaper on campus. But then it wasn't enough to get a job, so that's why I came to Ohio University, which I knew was top 10 for journalism. And I spent three years there playing catch-up and actually building my journalism skills. So basically, I have curiosity for people. I love media. 
I love learning new things. I love adventure. I love a dynamic job that doesn't get boring. So MMJing, multimedia journalism, it's a perfect fit for me. Tell our listeners about your experience at OU. What was it like? Uh, and what would you tell other people in a similar position about how to play catch up? I guess the first step for me was finding some mentors, finding some professors or administrators within whatever journalism college you're in and having them kind of guide you of what you should do. So at Ohio State, when I went there, they told me, you know, you just got to dive in. We got a student newspaper, we got a student TV station. You can intern at one of the stations in town. And then at Ohio University, they were very supportive. Like the staff, you know, like you, you, my master's thesis chair, Jotasir Vastava, there's so many professors I can name, were very critical in giving me the support I needed. Newswatch, that was, that was huge, as you know, for the broadcasting side, like Allison Hunter. Tim Sharp and some of those people who helped guide us. And then, you know, Ohio University for Journalism is pretty competitive. So even your peers always keep you accountable and always keep, it's like iron sharpening iron. So I think it's just the people performing at the high level at OU challenging you to be the best of your potential. Did you do a professional project or a thesis? I actually did a thesis. Tell us a little bit about what your research focused on. I'm into movies. So basically, me and Jatin Sirvastava, we just studied what makes an economically successful movie sequel. So basically, I studied every sequel of all time and found a formula for what makes a successful sequel. But to even bring it back to journalism, it was kind of the science and art of understanding what works when you're presenting media to people, even for your, our everyday journalism that we do. What do people want to see? What do people crave? How do you know when you're giving the people what they want? Now, from my research, we learned that critic response is actually important, especially when you're doing a series or something that extends over time. Like you want a good reputation. You want critics saying good things about you. So for a news station or a media outlet, I would say probably you want to be reputable. Reputation matters. To what degree do you think engaging with audiences through social media plays a role in how journalists operate? Well, today it's critical. Like this is the age where authenticity, vulnerability, relatability is wanted. Like people want to know the people who give them the news. It is sometimes it almost feels like it matters as much as the news itself. So at our station, we are required to be on social media and we even have requirements for how many posts we have to do a day on Facebook, Twitter, how many times we do Facebook live per week and that we respond to the people that follow us when they comment on our posts. With social media, you can get information to people faster. You can get it to them in a more intimate fashion. I mean, it's, yeah. And I even wonder with this pandemic we're in, I think the country and media professionals are realizing, like, this is truly the future. Like, this is it. I was going to ask you that question. Maybe say a little bit more about what you think some of the changes might be in how journalists function, even when the pandemic is over. I'm wondering that question myself. I do think we're realizing that it's very easy to be mobile in this world as a report. Like being locked into the station, I don't think is going to be as, as necessary anymore. If you have a laptop and an up-to-date smartphone, 
you can be as mobile as possible. Like I could wonder if they will send journalists further away for assignments now because they know that they can get everything done from further distances now. Even with our live technology to go live in the field, we have an app called like a TVU kind of now app where you can go live from your cell phone from anywhere in our region within like an hour, even away. So it's kind of like the uh, flexibility and, and dynamics of how far you can report from at a high level, I think we're really realizing. Reflecting back on your undergraduate degree in psychology, do you think that psychology has helped you as a journalist? And if so, how? I personally think journalism is a craft and business about people. People, people, people. The more you understand people, I think the better one will be at the job. Because think about it. You interview people. You are presenting stories to people. You interact with people to get your job done at your workplace. You, you coordinate with people. So everything has to do with people. I think even like when the job gets frustrating, I don't necessarily think it's the sitting there and writing the story. I think it's the dynamics of convincing people to do interviews with you or a producer getting along with the reporter. So the highs and lows of one's success in the field, I think, has to do with how well and how fluid you are with other people. Do you actually find yourself drawing on some of what you learned as an undergraduate psychology major when you're dealing with people? Yes, I think particularly in my approach to asking people if they're willing to do an interview, I have a little bit more, I, I feel a little more finesse in how I do it. For example, one of the worst parts of our job is talking to people on the worst day of their lives. Their house just burnt down. A loved one just got killed in a shooting. Understanding the grief they may go through and seeming a little more sympathetic. And I don't even know if someone has to be a psychologist to know this, but I'm a little more sympathetic in when I approach the people than, than, than seeming like it's all about my business. It's about my job. I got to get this done for my five o'clock deadline. I'm more empathetic about what's going on inside their minds, even to the point sometimes I'm like, if I don't get them to interview, that's fine. I mean, that's not what my station wants to hear, but... Like even the wording, like for example, I went to go interview some businesses that were opening up in our state now that stay-at-home orders are being lifted. And someone could say, well, we don't want to put our business on the news. What if they're going to do some gotcha journalism? But then I thought, what is in it for them? And I started talking to them. I'm like, well, you know, this is like free publicity. People aren't sure who's opening up, who's not opening up. You probably could benefit from being on air this deep level of empathy, always thinking, what do they want? Or even I, when I do stories and I interview people, I always consider, how do they want their story told? Not how do I want to tell it. Like, if they could tell their story, I'm more like a vessel that they're going to go through a channel. How do they want it be, to be told? And the more empathetic I am, the more successful I'll be at telling their story. When they say, this is who my daughter was before she died of cancer. This is how I want the world to know her. So I think it just gives me a much deeper and clearer empathy. You've been a reporter. You've been a professional journalist now long enough to give some advice, but you're also young enough to know what it was like to come out of school and get started. This is clearly not an ideal time for someone looking for a job, even though ratings are up, even though audiences are larger. 
we, we know the bottom line at stations and news organizations is taking a real hit. But we just graduated 150 journalism majors and other universities did the same thing. What, ad, what advice would you give to a, a student who just graduated or, or even one who is a, you know, a high school senior planning to major in journalism and they're reading all the headlines and now they're concerned about the industry? I was preparing to move up markets to another station. Me and my agent were working on that, and now the job market has basically shut down, so I'm definitely in it with them. But as far as people who just graduated now, I have a couple pieces of advice. One, I would say that there are ways to use this downtime to continue to grow. For example, there are some awesome books one can read to um, upgrade their understanding of the field, such as Aim for the Heart, It Takes More Than Good Looks to Be a Journalist, those kind of books that you can be reading to upgrade your craft. You can also watch newscasts or read coverage of your favorite newspapers and kind of be studying them, especially people at high levels, not only studying them for just how to be better at your craft, but studying them in this time, how are they handling it so they can be learning, especially if they're quarantined and they can't go out anywhere. Secondly, I would say keep in touch with your mentors, your professors, people who are going to be writing your letters of recommendation because you're going to need them for sure when you go out to apply for jobs. In general, when I tell people to apply for jobs, I always say, hey, you only get a first job once. Just be thorough. Like the places you know you want to apply for, why don't you start researching them early? You know, if there's a certain station you want or a certain certain media outlet that you want to work for, start studying them now. There's a quote by Abraham Lincoln where he says, if you give me six hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. So I would say in this time, think of ways that you can be sharpening your axe, whether it's through reading staying connected with your peers in the industry or your or your mentors. Kinder K, that's great, great advice. Appreciate you you sharing that advice. Is there anything else you would like to share with the Scripps Talks audience? No, but I'm curious to ask you from a high level, what is what is your kind of reflections and insights on on the time right now? This is an interesting time for me to be stepping back from a career as a journalism educator because it does feel like what's ahead is quite daunting. But we've gone through difficult times before and challenging times before. And what we're learning right now is that there is this hunger and this thirst for news and for reliable information. And journalists are going to be playing a key role in that. Uh, The business model always is going to be something subject to downturns, you know, in the economy. But I think one of the most important lessons here that we can learn, and this may be a a somewhat unique situation, is that journalists and everyone are going through the same experience. This is one of those rare, rare moments in history where the entire planet, really, we're all going to have our COVID-19 stories. And it's going to pull us together, I think, more than tear us apart. Now, how journalists covered these stories, you know, uh, at the micro level or at the on the ground level versus at the 30,000 foot level, you know, those are going to be some real growth opportunities for journalists to be able to do some 
level-headed thinking when in, in fact in their own world, you know, they're, they're facing a lot of challenges. It's a little bit like going into, as a combat reporter, going into the combat situation and facing danger yourself and realizing that whatever the soldier is facing is what you're facing as well. And it can't but help make you a more empathetic figure. And I think that could help close the gap between audiences and journalists because there has been probably a growing gap in, uh, in terms of how the public sees journalists. And of course, we know that there are voices out there that are speaking against journalism and against journalists. But as audiences become more dependent on reliable information, I think their esteem for journalists and their respect for what journalists are doing probably will go up. You're right. I remember at the beginning of this, all of this pandemic, many people were saying the media was trying to hype things up and we were just trying to give accurate information. And now, of course, they see that we were correct. And of course, we were only reporting what the healthcare workers were saying. There is this underlying suspicion. And as I said, there are voices out there that, that are feeding that suspicion. But as the epidemic unfolds, people will make their own judgments as to who was speaking the truth and who was trying to do the right thing as opposed to you know, creating clickbait or you know, sensationalism, which was what, as you said, those were some of the early, early accusations. You don't really hear those critiques anymore. Uh, at least I don't hear them anymore. No, as I, I gave you the numbers, yeah, even my station, we're not hearing them anymore. And you're saying like journalism, it, it, it's so es essential now because, you know, people say only essential businesses should stay open. I actually would say like after those, you know, the healthcare workers, the first responders, doctors, nurses, journalists are pretty high on the list of essential industries at this time. I think the whole country and, and really the world is looking for information that is reliable and that they can make decisions about their lives based on what they're learning. And the hardest thing, you know, for journalists is when there is a lot of uncertainty, but the only thing you can do is to report that there is uncertainty. Yes. And, I mean, and, and like we were saying earlier, it's a very interesting dynamic that we're all in this together. We're as unsure as the viewers and the readers. It's really a wild, wild time. Kyder, thank you for sharing your experience with our listeners. I really appreciate it. Stay safe and good luck with moving on at, when the time is right. But in the meantime, keep serving your audience. Thank you, sir. And you stay well.